hello to anybody listening and welcome to everybody's a somebody where we listen to the stories of others uh i'm joey and i'm joined here by carly hi and uh carly has a, a cool story to tell us today well i don't know if it's cool that <laughs> what it is exactly i haven't heard it guess, but uh yeah i don't know it's up to the listeners i guess mm-hmm. um before we start on your story um can you tell us a little about a little bit about yourself? Just like what you do, where you're from, just little things. Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Couts, Indiana, um, and that's where I know Joey from. We went to school together, um, and I went to school at Purdue University and studied um, wildlife biology. And now I am living in Lacrosse, which is right next to Couts, and teaching at our old elementary school. That is really cool. Um, I know you used to have, I mean, I don't, if this pertains to the story you're going to tell, you don't have to answer it, but I know you used to have a really cool job of like, you used to study bats and stuff. Oh yeah. Yep. I've worked with a lot of different things, um, between like skunks and bats, um, fair amount with birds like crows and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I've always been really jealous of that. Um, (laughs) used to go off and I live in Indianapolis. So you used to go off downtown and shoot fireworks off at different birds, right? Yep. So, yep. So cool. uh, Cause the people downtown didn't like uh, the bird poop. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really fun. Um, all right. Uh, we can jump right into your story. If you want to okay. just go ahead and start, start ripping away. Okay. Um, so this is pretty much just about um, my experience with, uh, chronic Lyme disease. Um, so back in like about August 2017, um, I was going into my senior year of school at Purdue. Um, I was diagnosed with Lyme and I didn't really know the weight of that. I, you know, I, I kind of cried cause it, it seemed like I should be upset, but I don't think I understood what was actually going to happen. Um, and so, you know, I took the antibiotics, they made me really sick. Um, thought it was over, went back to normal, kind of kept pushing through a bunch of stuff. And, um, it just kept like new stuff started happening. Like, you know, I was getting sick all the time, like nauseous, uh, just really uncomfortable all the time. Couldn't sleep, wasn't eating, lost a bunch of weight. Um, you know, the doctor told me at the time, like, you know, you're probably at the point where you're never going to get rid of it. But he never, you know, we never talked about, okay, well, what are the treatment options? Or, you know, where do I go from here after the antibiotics? Um, But so a couple years went by and, um, you know, I graduated with my degree in wildlife biology. And um, I started working for the government. Um, Like part of the job that I was doing was the one with the fireworks downtown that Joey was talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, it just got worse. And like, I mean, I was super depressed and there was a long span of time where I would just go home and sleep or, you know, do a bunch of things to just avoid anything, Um, like just playing mindless video games all the time or watching the same shows over and over again because I couldn't bring myself to watch something new. Um, And I started having like a lot of neurological problems, um, like just passing out or um, neuropathy, so like tingling in my hands and feet. Um, just stuff that wasn't right. And I knew it wasn't right. Um, and it kind of just got shoved from doctor to doctor. Um, I've been told that it was 
at the beginning that it was just allergies and I was fine. Um, after a trip to the neurologist, they told me that I just had essential tremors. Um, cause I remember my, my grandma, she shook and at the time I thought it was cause she had MS. Um, but so the, the neurologist told me it's just essential tremors. That's probably what your grandma had. Um, but in reality, it was probably just because my grandmother was an alcoholic and you shake when you were an alcoholic. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but um, so it, that brings us to about um, October of 2019, where I finally I had to quit my job because I just my health was in such bad shape. Um, I was losing my strength and, and I had to do a lot of physical stuff my line of work, um, you know, and a lot of hiking and walking outside. And um, so I quit my job and I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I knew I couldn't do that job anymore. Um, and so it worked out that my my grandma, who is, isn't actually my ac real grandma, she was best friends with my great grandma and our families are best friends. Um, so she needed a caretaker. So I started taking care of her. And that was one of the best experiences of my life because um, I got to get really close with her. And then she told me stories about my family and how, you know, it, it's just so neat because my great, great grandpa built her house. And that's how far back our family goes. Um, so it was a really good opportunity to heal because I was taking care of her and it made me stop and take care of myself. Um, and so it got, got better for a little while. Um, and then over the summer we moved and we had a lot going on. We bought a house and, um, and that that's this summer, um, I started having seizures. So that was new. And, um, the only good thing about that though, is that people were and this sounds terrible. I feel like a terrible person for saying this, but people were there to see it because. No, that, yeah, that sounds like something that's like realistic is that at least now, because I've, from what you've told me in the past is that people were always kind of brushing you off and not really taking it seriously. So now right. as, as bad as it seems, at least now you have some form of proof of like, this is right. a serious problem. And, and that's the problem with chronic illnesses. Like nobody can see what you're going through and unless it's really like physically debilitating they don't tend to believe you and so yeah it was something that I could be like see this is not right and you can tell this is not like this is not me just creating this problem and um so my parents because my mom saw me go through one so my parents came over one day and were like you're figuring this out. You're going to find a new doctor. You're going to find a specialist, something. We're going to get it figured out. So, um, that really kickstarted it. My just trying to get better. Um, and since then I found a specialist in Chicago who's been really awesome. Uh, Dr. Kelly and, um, she has Lyme herself. And as soon as we went in, she started naming off all the things that I could be going through, like the fact that I have co-infections and, um, and then, you know, when the blood work came back, all the tests came back, um, 
yeah, I have co-infections. Come to find out I have Epstein-Barr virus, which for those that don't know, it's like, um, like you probably have it. We all probably have it. It's just that because my immune system is battling something else, it causes problems. And it's basically like chronic mono. So hmm. I get real sleepy and, you know, just feel like crud all the time. Um, but now it, it felt very validating to be like, see, this is why I don't feel good. This is why I sleep. I'm not just lazy. I just don't feel good. Yeah. Um, it definitely, definitely seems like it's, it, it's not a good thing, but at least you have, it's almost like a, like it almost boosts your, your confidence a little bit. And oh yeah. Yeah. It's just not like, at, at least I know there is, is something wrong and it's not just, I, I am choosing this lifestyle. I'm not crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I have to take all sorts of different medicines and stuff, but um, I'm actually starting to feel like myself again. And that's super exciting because for a while there, it was just, it was not a good time. I mean, there were people in my family that I didn't even talk to because they didn't really grasp what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard for people to understand unless you've been through it. Right. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't imagine trying to explain it to somebody if they don't, you don't, if they've never experienced it. Yeah. And it is, it's just not something that I expect people to understand, but, um, you know, also <laughs> I feel like I've been trying to work on, um, not being as judgmental towards other people because you don't know what other people are going through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine having to deal with all that. And then, it's almost like it's almost like a scary movie. It's like you're experiencing all these things and everyone's telling you you're not and then you you know you are. Like there's nothing there's no Right. There's there's nothing they can say that's that's disproving that you are and then the validation you must have felt whenever somebody you, somebody did take you seriously and it it is must it must have felt so great to walk into that doctor's office and talk to somebody who's gone through what you're going through. Yeah. yeah and I, I can't imagine it's just, it's nice that, um, to actually have a doctor that also knows what they're talking about for once, um, mm -hmm. because there's such a thing as a Lyme literate doctor, um, meaning having a doctor that actually believes in Lyme because Lyme is like, I've heard this said that Lyme is one of the most controversial diseases you could ever have mm -hmm. because people don't believe in Lyme or people think that Lyme was created by the government or, I mean, there's, there's all these, you know, conspiracies about it. Mm -hmm. um, and treatment is so debated upon, like, whether to go all antibiotics or to go all the herbal route or to do a combination of both. And um, there was a, just a piece in like a Bloomberg magazine about how um, because Lyme disease patients are being pushed they don't have many treatment options available. They're being pushed into a lot of, um, I guess, alternative healthcare, and that it could be potentially dangerous because they're, you know, taking all these medicines that they don't potentially know what could they could do. Right. Um, yeah. It just any alternative healthcare is pretty right. questionable. Uh, but treatment, especially for Lyme, is just it depends on who you talk to. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Um, I know you talked about it a while ago, but there's a lot of 
I think I'm pretty sure it goes underneath the alternative medicines, but it's also might be an experimental was that bee stinging thing. Oh yeah. Did you ever look into it or go into Um, it? Yeah. So no, I actually over, over quarantine, like when all that happened and I was getting my beehive, I was going to do it. I ordered a book and I was prepared to do it. And then my book got canceled and then I couldn't find it for sale anywhere else. Like it, because of the sh- the shipping was a disaster, you know, for like a two month chunk back then. Yeah. Um, but I never did because then I started going to my specialist. So it's still something that I'm looking into, especially if I, you know, need an extra push. But mm-hmm. not yet. I'm I'm super interested in it though. There's people that do use it for Lyme. So that's great. So one thing I want to ask is if if you can do anything about this what would you like people to take away from it uh like what what yeah like what would you hope people understand about your condition or about um anybody who's going through this like if if so you can get their regular person to wrap their mind around it what would that be um well number one check for ticks (laughs) (laughs) um take them seriously um because I was getting like five a night because like you said, I was working with bats in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night, wasn't getting back till 4am, you know, and so I didn't think anything of it having ticks. like that was just a normal part of my job. And then, mm-hmm. you know, thinking back to it, I'm like, why didn't I do more? Why didn't I treat myself with the, why didn't I do this? But, mm-hmm. um, and then second, I would say, um, just be patient, especially if you know someone in your life is going through, you know, a new diagnosis or have, has a chronic illness. They're going to flake on you. Um, <laughs> it, they're going to be unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's a part of it. And they're going to they might not text you for a couple months, but they might. It's not because they don't want to talk to you. It might just be because they're going through a lot. Um, so just being, I guess, patient with people in our lives try to that's, be understanding yeah that's really it's a good good thing because i wouldn't think that um like i i know very little about lyme only things that you've told me um but even any chronic disease it, it's just like you 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 try hard not to it, when you know someone's going through something like that you try hard not to go too hard on them but like from somebody on the outside who doesn't know what that person's going through it, i can imagine it's it's kind of hard to not get frustrated at times uh if the person isn't like yeah like talking to you or like especially if it's um if if it's someone you're dating and you 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 are trying to like see them and be with them and they're just blowing you off i'm i hope people can understand that it's not it's not like a a choice i suppose it's more of a a reaction Um, well and chances are like we're more mad at ourselves for having to miss out on that or for mm-hmm. having, you know, to deal with it than the person actually is. I mean, like yeah. how usually like, even if, if my husband John isn't upset at me for having to cancel on something, I'm probably twice as hard on myself about it. And he doesn't even care that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a, it's a whole nother side of it beyond the physical elements, having to deal with the emotional mental ones. I'm sure I, I don't know which one would be worse. Um, yeah, no, that's, it's really, 
it's really interesting to hear you talk about because you know growing up everybody who especially if you grew up playing out in the woods and stuff people would always say well don't get ticks you'll get lime but um that's just something that i knew like yeah you if you get ticks there's a good chance you'll get lime like it's just what it is and but to hear somebody who's got it and then some and then they grow up into the adult world and nobody takes it seriously it's just kind of like well, why did they tell us that when we were kids then right like, why are there why are there so many people out there saying oh you can't get ticks you'll you'll get lyme disease and then whenever you do get lyme disease people are like nah it's whatever it's not that big a deal you'll be fine it's just that's because i know you you told me um whenever you first got it and i know you kind of talked about it a little bit um you it, it comes in waves. So like you, even if you do have it, it might be, not be detectable. Right. And so it can depend on your, your load, like your um, toxin load. So how mm-hmm. much of the bacteria or the bacteria's toxin is in your system. And that depends. I mean, that's kind of cyclic. And some people even say that it follows the cycle of the moon. So mm-hmm. like on full, full moons could trigger a flare up for some people. Um, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, and what's I find really interesting is my dad actually tested positive for Lyme, um, hmm. and he was saying that as a kid because he grew up in in Wheatfield, Indiana, which is you know rural town, but he would play in the woods all the time, and he grew up having he remembers the bullseye rashes all the time. So it makes me wonder, you know, because he and he's generally okay. He just he gets tired more than anything. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder because you can give it to your kids. Like you're, it can pass that way. Hmm. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So like if John and I were to try for a a child, we would have to, I'd have to be on antibiotics probably the whole time for my pregnancy. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that it was, it could be passed on genetically. Yep. Oh, wow. That's, that's another hard thing you have to deal with. I couldn't imagine. Um, Yeah. So they, so do you do you think you got it from a series of tick bites or do you think it was just like one tick got you? Um, it's hard to say because, I mean, Northwest Indiana is a hot spot for Lyme. Mm. So, and, and I remember growing up playing in the alfalfa field behind our house all the time, you know, so I could have gotten bitten then. I could have, mm. like, we, my family goes camping a lot, um, you know, and, and for how I worked outside for a long time so um it's hard to say i don't know yeah, it's really hard i remember there was one point where i had a, a bug a bug bite on my thigh and it was kind of pink and like irritated but i didn't know if it counted as like the full-on rash because it didn't look like a bullseye it was just like really red yeah. and i thought about going to the doctors then and i didn't and i always look back to that day like oh maybe that was then yeah but but I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? It's yeah, it's it's not a it's not something you could just answer. I suppose it's just something I didn't know if you had your own idea or thought on if it was just this one time you look back on and thought if only I took care of it in that moment. Um, well, yeah, and then too, like I could I could have gotten it from my dad, so I don't know. I guess it's just like yeah, it's, it's, I don't it must know. Be hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, must be really hard. But you know, it's it, it is really cool to hear you talk about it and be so open about it. Cause I'm sure it's, it's hard to tell people like, I'm sure it's really hard to have to, to have, have to, every time you have a conversation with somebody about it, it's like restarting. Cause you have well, to yeah. sit there and you have to explain everything. And then they have to be open to the idea that it's a real thing. And then like, I've kind of 
I feel like I've, I've streamlined it down to what I, what I need to say, what I don't have to say, what mm-hmm. I can leave out. Um, but yeah, it's always kind of, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm getting better about it, talking about it. Um, also just because my health's doing better, I think that I, I'm coping a lot better with it. So, yeah. yeah. And it's great to see. Um, and it's great to hear that you're doing better. Um, I can't, I'm, I can't imagine you going through it. I know I've said it a million times, but I just, I, I can't, it's just the physical toll and the mental and emotional toll it goes on you. I, it's your trooper. I like, I just feel that I've grown a lot from it. I've learned a lot about myself and, you know, about family and stuff like who's there for me and maybe who's not. But um, yeah, I can't say that it's been an all, I mean, it's not that, not like it's fun, yeah, but it's been a good learning experience. Yeah, so it's very educational in, yeah. in its own way. Uh, yeah, well, th- thank you so much for coming on and telling us that. Um, that it's. I hope somebody takes something from it. Somebody out there that listens to this hears it, and they maybe they have it, and they don't even realize it, and then they could take it seriously, or maybe they know somebody who has it, and now this helps them understand what that person is going through. Yeah, I hope um, so too. Yeah. Uh, before you go, uh, I do have one little uh, segment I'd like to do with you. Um, okay. It's, you know how I like to ask my questions. Um, <laughs> it's a segment I'm calling Asked and Answered. Now, this is, I have three categories of six questions each. Uh, you're not going to ask answer all 18. You're going to answer three of them. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'd be here all day. Uh, but they are categorized in easy, medium, and hard. Um, easy questions. What's your favorite movie? Hard questions. Where would you hide a dead body? Um, so, yeah. Uh, so the the first question, I'm going to roll a dice, actually, to keep it random. Oh, okay. So I have one through six. So we're going to do the easy question first. And if there's anything, I ask a question you don't want to answer, don't be afraid to say, no, nah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, uh, the first question I'm worried. is... Yeah, they're not that bad. They're not super bad. It's just when they get to the hard questions, there's some rather more more thought has to go into them. And some people might not be comfortable with that. And that's fine. Um, your first question is, what's your favorite meal? Okay. It's hard to say because it depends on my mood. But I generally really like Japanese food. So like ramen, sushi, Anything hmm. in that vein. Okay. Yeah. That's, I love Chinese food. Um, okay. The next question is, uh, what is your dream profession? Um, I would say teacher now. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, it's great to hear that you have, you're going into it. Um, I, I know you, are probably really really good with kids i probably would not be but you know it's 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 great to hear that you you're going into it um what what are you teaching exactly um so i'm technically in a teaching assistant but i work with um the remedial math and reading kids a lot um mm. as well as just helping out around the classroom too okay um and that's really cool but the uh your final question your hard question is uh, what is the scariest thing that has ever happened to you? Okay. Um, I was probably in middle school, probably like 12. We were camping and 
I don't know, like, if, when you're at a campground, you know how people put their tailgate down and people ride in the bed of the truck? Mm-hmm. Okay. My brother, Cole, was driving. Oh, jeez. And, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cole. <laughs> um, he was, like, barely 16. And then, like, my cousins and me and, and my little brother were in the back of the, the pickup truck on the tailgate. We were taking garbage up to the dumpster. And... Coming out, there was a little bit of a hill, and Cole, I don't know what he was doing, but he kind of like slammed on the gas for a second, and the truck lurched, and my little brother flew off the back of the truck, slammed his face into the pavement, and I'm screaming for Cole to stop the truck, because he's really going at that point. (laughs) He won't stop, so I jump off of the truck. There's a guy running to my little brother in the middle of the road. Uh, like we get him back to the campsite. I think the firemen had to come and check him out to make sure he didn't have like a concussion or anything. Cause his face oh, wow. was all beat up. And I remember that whole night I didn't sleep cause I was watching him to make sure he was breathing. Cause I still didn't, even though the firemen checked him out, I didn't believe them. And I was terrified. Yeah. That's, that is scary. Wow. Yeah. And my yeah. little brother was probably like three, four at the time. So oh, little. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's little. Maybe he's got uh, probably bounce back a little easier than yeah um, yeah he was fine. <laughs> that's great. I mean, I'm glad he's okay, but you know that's that's rough. That's that is definitely scary. Oh, well, thanks for asking answering all those questions. Um, Thank you. Of course. Um, before we go, is there anything you would like to say to anybody, or like if you have anything you want to promote or plug or do whatever? Um, well, I guess if anybody has Lyme and wants to talk, you can find me at Yarl Carl on Instagram. That's great. Um, well, thank you so much for coming and telling that story. It, I'm hoping it reaches some people and it makes a, even if it makes a little bit of a difference, it, it makes, it can make a lot of a difference to at least one person. That would be amazing. Um, well, thanks for having anybody- me. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, it's, it's great to have you on. Uh, anybody who's uh, out there listening to this and if they can tell somebody about it, that'd be great. Um, if they, my hope with this podcast is that I can get, um, I can get people I don't know on here. Uh, people that want to reach out and tell their story. Cause the whole premise is that everybody's got a story to tell. Even we listen to people talk about, people interview professionals and celebrities all day. That's all the podcasts. And I just feel like everybody in the world has their own story that they can tell Um, just because they're not of national importance doesn't mean it's not interesting and it shouldn't be heard. So if you have a story that you want to tell, or um, you know, somebody who wants to reach out to me, um, you can reach out to me on uh, Instagram. It's everybody.is.a.somebody. Um, if you have my number, you can text me. Um, it would be really great to have everybody on the show. And um, yeah, so I, th- I think that's that's the episode for today. Uh, again, thank you so much, Carly. Thank you. All right. I'll see everybody later. <laughs>